My name is Ed Peters, and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to our study in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. We began our look at these verses on our previous study, focusing primarily on the two questions asked by Jesus of his disciples. His first question was, who do the people say that I am? The second question, who do you say that I am? Peter, speaking for himself and for the rest of the disciples, answered by saying, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now today, we will be focusing on how Peter came to his understanding of who Jesus was. One reason would be Peter's own personal experience with Jesus. Then, of course, Jesus fulfilled all of the predictions written down by the Old Testament prophets. Then, as stated by Matthew here in verse 17, God himself revealed this to Peter. Now, here once again are verses 14 through 17 of Matthew chapter 16, and they read, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? They answered, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. And you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonah, you are favored indeed. You did not learn this from mortal men. It was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. Peter's answer must have been an encouragement to Jesus. After spending almost three years ministering to the lost sheep of Israel, they still didn't understand who he was. But now, as he prepared to go to Jerusalem, he could rejoice that there were at least 12 men that understood his true identity. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. My favorite words from the first gospel are recorded by Matthew in chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. I began to look at this discussion between Jesus and his disciples yesterday. 
They are way up north at Caesarea Philippi, at the foot of Mount Hermon. It's a beautiful, picturesque spot. Not too long ago, we stood by the water's edge over there, in the shade of the trees, and listened to these words from Matthew, right in the very area where they were spoken. We also heard the archaeologist, Vasilius Zephyrus, talk about the recently uncovered ruins nearby. Jesus and his disciples walked the 30 miles from Capernaum, and it was here at Caesarea Philippi that Jesus asked his chosen disciples, You, who do you say I am? Evidently, without hesitation, Peter boldly and with confidence replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I wonder whether Peter realized fully what he had said. The Greek word Christ, of course, is equivalent to the Hebrew word Messiah. So everything which the Old Testament prophets had said about the Messiah was being fulfilled in Jesus, Peter confessed. No doubt Peter was aware that the great prophets considered the Messiah to be God. Isaiah, in those famous messianic words in chapter 9, verse 6, called the Messiah the mighty God. Jeremiah called the Messiah the Lord, our righteousness. To reinforce the point of the deity of Jesus, Peter called him the Son of the living God. It goes without saying that Peter believed in a living God. That's more than can be said of some people today. I have a difficult time understanding how an intelligent person can refuse to believe in God. Then nothing makes any sense at all. I'm sorry for people who can see nothing beyond this dimension, beyond the physical things and laws, who seem to have no sense of eternity. Peter said there is a living God, and he's Jesus. One of the major characteristics of life is movement. God is moving, and God is on the move in Jesus. I wonder if Peter realized how crucial the answer to Jesus' question really was. I can't overemphasize the necessity to have a proper view of Jesus. Christianity rises or falls with the answer. Who is Jesus? I spoke about Peter's answer yesterday. Today I come to the reason or reasons Peter came to this unwavering conclusion about Jesus. How could he be so absolutely certain? Now hear Jesus' comment, he said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. That's Matthew 16, verse 17. Peter had just called Jesus the Son of the living God. Here Jesus calls Peter the son of Jonah, that's quite a difference. One was divine, the other human. Now my question here is, where did Peter get his information about the identity of Jesus? No doubt Peter must have reflected on his own experiences with Jesus. That might have figured in his answer. According to his experiences with Jesus, he could be none other than the promised Messiah. Or... No doubt Jesus' miracles convinced Peter that he was the Christ. 
All the miracles Jesus performed were predicted of the Messiah by the prophets. Jesus had precisely done what the prophets said he would do. But neither of these two factors satisfy the question, what led Peter to his confession? The answer is stated here by Jesus himself when he said, This was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. Now here is a principle. Peter could never have concluded who Jesus was. He could never have arrived at this answer except by divine revelation. The truth that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, was and is not discoverable through human means. It can only be known by revelation. I say there is a principle that we should not miss. God cannot be discovered through human means or through human agency. We cannot discover God by research or by meditation or through experience. To borrow an old phrase, God is totally other. No category that man can devise could discover or measure God. Only God can tell us humans who God is. That's why the Bible is so crucially important. It is God's self-revelation. It is his self-portrait. No one knows yourself better than you do, and no one knows God better than he does. So let's let him speak for himself. I have said many times on What's New that when man seeks for God, the best he can come up with is a row of idols. This was Paul's conclusion when he stood in Athens and saw those beautiful statues. The historian Luke said Paul was appalled. I watched the tourists in Athens on the Acropolis. They were thrilled at those statues. Paul knew what they represented, and he was appalled. They represented man's best search for God. The brightest minds that ever lived could not discover God. He is not discoverable by human ingenuity, by human research, by experimentation, by meditation, or by any other means. The truth of God comes by revelation only. That's what Jesus was telling Peter and us here. When Peter concluded that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus said, this was not revealed to you by men, but by my Father in heaven. Here is the greatest declaration of the Messiah's person. After this incident comes the great declaration of Messiah's program, that he came the first time to suffer and to die in the place of us humans. That's in the close of this 16th chapter. I say again, God in Christ is revealed in the Bible. The Bible is not man's word about God. It is God's word about God. We must look at the Bible that way or we don't see it right. Listen to what God says about himself and Jesus. Then draw your conclusion as to who Jesus is. I guarantee you will agree with Peter that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
Nation. Hallowed be thy name. And I am more than a conqueror in every situation. Hallowed be thy name. You are love, you are life, you are Lord over everything. Alpha, Omega, Jehovah, the King of Kings, wonderful way, make worthy of my offering. Hallowed be thy name. You're the only God and there will never be another. I love you. Hallowed be thy name. Well, I'm gonna lift you up, lift you higher, higher. Hallowed be thy name. And everybody will see that you set my soul on fire. Hallowed be thy name. You are love, you are life, you are Lord over everything. Alpha, Omega, Jehovah, the King of Kings, wonderful way, maker worthy of my offering. Hallowed be thy name. Production of Creative Encounters or mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.